Hello, welcome back to Searching Inward. Uh, this is a podcast brought to you by Restore Small Groups here in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm George, joined with Scott and Seth and Anna, and we are thrilled that you're here with us today. We're ready to take another step in this journey of transformation, which is just respondling different days of Scott's new book, uh, Journey of Transformation, discussing the pathways of transformation and how we can all live more lightly and joyfully and more freely. And so today we want to talk to you about nostalgia. Nostalgia, I don't know how many of you that word resonates or how it resonates with you. Is it positive? Is it negative when you look back on your life? But uh, this day opened up with a story of a couple that had been married uh, for 60 years. And they were sitting on their porch together, feeling romantic. Yeah, you could be married 60 years and still feel romantic. That's good news for some of us. And the wife said, I remember when you used to always hold my hand. And her husband reached out over and took her hand. And then she said, I remember when you always used to kiss me on the cheek. And he leaned over and kissed her on the cheek. And then she said, I even remember when you used to nibble on my ear. <laughs> and... Uh, he got up and started walking away. <laughs> and she said, what's wrong? Where, do you, where are you going? He turned around and said to her, I'm going to get my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, this is brilliant writing, by the way. Um, memories are all we get to keep from our experience of living. So it comes down to arranging these memories to tell a coherent story all the way to the end of our lives. Teeth or no teeth. But nostalgia, it could, we could have rich memories like that that are just really beautiful. But it also could be a longing to go back in time in some way and wishing we could change something or make different choices. So nostalgia could be both of those things. But Scott, you recently, you had a season where you longed to go back to your childhood and, and do some things over. And during that time, you, you talk about having this dream that was just over and over and over for years. Um, can you talk to us about that? Yes. Um it was, uh, it was for about 25 years. This little window of time in my past was my junior high school at Medina Junior High in Columbus, Ohio. It was right down the street from where I had grown up, and it had all the playgrounds and all the ball fields and then the gymnasiums that I had played and ran. And just, it was at the, this time in my life when everything was possible. It was all in front of me. And, um, Especially when I played basketball in that gym, we had a in ninth grade we were like, we were like twelve and two. We were just this great basketball team, and my friends Ronnie, Doug, Jim, Doug, these guys that I played with for we, the Fab Five, the huh? Fab Five. <laughs> but they were my best friends, and we had played we played all summer, practicing, getting ready, and then in that in that gym, and also in that gym, um, when the games would start, the crowd would come in, people would. Have, pay to watch the game and I always remember my dad coming in to the gym mm. and that was such a significant moment for me because I was always looking for him to come and watch me play and so for 25 years I had this dream of I would go back to that gym but I'm on the outside and I'm looking in the windows and and, and in the dream I'm having this feeling it's it's pain but it's also mm. a warm feeling of and really when it was a longing, and I, but I could never get in the gym. I was on the outside. I could look in and see it, 
but I couldn't get back in it. Um, and so it's just, I realized for 25 years, I'd wake up from that dream and, and it, it was a mixed feeling. It, it made me feel good because it's such a, my favorite memory of my life, but also made me sad. Um, and then when I saw that Twilight Zone episode where that guy goes back into this town and it's actually, he goes back in time, he doesn't know it and he sees himself as a, like a 10 or 11 year old boy and he keeps wanting to find him because this guy's miserable in his modern day life. And he wants to go back and tell him to, to really relish this time and to pay attention to it. And so I think that's what the memory of that was for me was it reminded me and the epiphany that came to me was that um, just how powerful it is to have something to look forward to, to, to be able to be fully in the present and actually to learn from that longing it's not, I can't go back there, but I can remember it in a way that I can make those memories now. And so that's when I read that information about nostalgia. It made sense to me, the healing properties of it. It reminded me what once was wonderful, even though it's no longer going to be, I can, it can actually propel me forward if I would, this is my opportunity to make new memories now. I love the, the subtitle this day. It's looking back. To move forward. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about nostalgia, uh, the experience of looking back on past memories, some good, some bad, and then just finding a way forward that's more helpful. But let's talk about nostalgia for us, like what that means for us and maybe how we experience nostalgia. Um, Seth or Anna, maybe one of you guys go, how, how do you guys experience nostalgia? Yeah, so when I, when I think of nostalgia, I think of the brief um, fleeting moments of when growing up for me felt fun and beautiful mm. and right mm. and good. When there wasn't um, an environment full of conflict and, and, and yelling and stress and, and difficulty and zero relationship before all that happened. There was a season of really joy, you know. And just the, like an innocence kind of, you know, an innocent kind of joy and how pure and beautiful and how, how fun it was. And there's some minimal but still a direct like line that I have to feeling and remembering that sense of, of what life felt like back then. And yeah, so I, I get nostalgic around wishing that still was, what wishing... Mm -hmm there was still some kind of adult version of that. And, um, you know, that, that for me largely became uh, an extrinsic motivator mm. for how to attend to my own family when I started creating one. Was this a particular age that you go back to? Um, uh, and it was a particular time in... Uh, yeah, it was, it, it was probably... It, you, you're talking the experience of your relationship with your parents? Parents, um, just family as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, with each individual parent, but but also just the, the family experience, the family unit. Mm -hmm. And that was probably, I'm pretty, I don't have the best memory, but it's, it's it was probably around uh, seven or under, six, six or under. Yeah, there's like this really interesting, distinct memory of, of my brother and I watching a, a movie in some chairs that we had that we were combing each other's long, wet hair. 
you both have long hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just remembering, remembering that, you know, mm-hmm. with with fondness and feeling connection, feeling connected to people. You mm-hmm. know, my my family, and uh, yeah, that can be for me a a beautiful thing that I want to carry into what I have today, but but also as we talked about, you know, ruminating on such a beautiful moment can can um, convert something previously positive into something negative that's not true today. You know, it's not here. It's something I wish it was. It could become regret. Yeah, yeah. That, that pulls you down and backwards as opposed to forward into how you might be building more meaningful relationships now. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. But, it, but it definitely became... Um, a primary reason for like like I think most people like why I want mm-hmm. to have a family but why I want to do it better you know why I want to be the best possible dad I can be um, and initially started you know so that I could be the best dad but also for my kids but also now it's mm-hmm. like so that I could be the best dad so that I can be the best dad so because it's for me not only just for my kids you know not only for them but more of an intrinsic motivation is where I was where I was trying to come at um, previously with with take one that won't even be present now <laughs> uh, not until yeah. the end yeah yep yeah. I think well that that's wonderful um, is this now is this something you uh, that comes and goes this kind of nostalgia for you is it something that's rare or is it something that you experience regularly um it is not very often that I think about it. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Usually just when I when I get asked a question about nostalgia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, well, well, we'll move on then. Anna, do you have some nostalgia? I do. I do. Some experiences I, with nostalgia. How's that how's that play out for you? I look at yeah, different maybe seasons of life, um different yeah, portions of it um with with fondness. I think it's interesting I was actually having a, a rare conversation with my older children last night. It was it was my youngest daughter's birthday, and so we were all like gathered for a, a little bit, which seldom happens. So when it does, I really relish it. But we were actually talking a little bit about like history and our our history of our family, and they were you know asking like, okay, well, what were your asking one another like, what were your favorite years? Like, what what mm. do you look back on and um, then they asked me that same question and I was thinking like definitely probably like several of my years in high school and college, uh, I look back with nostalgia on just because it was such a uh, fun and free time where I felt like everything was possible and I just felt like there was so much joy out there to be like to be found and to like I don't know. I just like lived life with a lot of zest at that, um, at that time in, in history. And I look back on that with just a little bit of, you know, it makes me happy, but it also makes you sad because you're like, dang, you know, the more life you live and the more things that you grapple with, sometimes it's hard to grasp hold of that joy so freely. Um, but I think for me, especially one thing that I feel particularly nostalgic about is I really, really, look back with great fondness on the days when my kids were little. Um, They're all, you know, big now. They're, you know, 20, 19, and and 14. So they're not, they're not little. And they don't, yeah, 
have a lot of interaction with me anymore, but I miss the days when they were small and we spent our days together and I could just like scoop them up and, and just smother them with affection. And there was no pushback, like it was welcomed and wanted. And that's definitely not where we're at. And that's a normal, natural human progression of development. But sometimes it just makes me sad because there was that season of life when we were so very close um, and connected. And uh, that was one thing, Seth, that you said that like just I think really rings true. I think sometimes when we think about nostalgia and, and Scott, you said that as well, like we look back at maybe a time when we were particularly connected and happy mm-hmm. and, and feeling secure in those connections. And I think that, too, contributes to the feelings of nostalgia, especially when relationships change through either just time, distance, loss, development. Like, I mean, there's a lot of things that contribute to the ways our relationships change and look different through different seasons. And yeah, when you miss that, that connectedness, uh, I think it does just bring up a lot of feelings of nostalgia. I know it does for me. I felt much more connected to my children when they were small and they needed me. And, you know, I think I felt much more connected socially when I was younger and I didn't have all the responsibilities of, of working and caring for a family. And I could just you know, play. I could be with friends. I could just, yeah, go on adventures and life looks a little different now. I don't have quite the same freedom and connectedness with with my friends at any moment of the day. So yeah, those things definitely make me feel nostalgic and I have to like weigh that feeling of like, okay, that was a really good thing and a good season. It doesn't mean the season that I'm in is not good. It just means it's different. And what is good in this current season or what is good that I'm striving after so that it doesn't feel so heavy all the time. Yeah. If nostalgia is looking back while looking forward, then the other question is how do we want our stories to end? Did you, I love that you had that conversation with your kids. Like that's beautiful. It was. Um, did, did, did it lead to uh, what, what might that look like going forward? Like how can some of these things that were so meaningful to us, you know, what yeah. might they look like now? Yeah. The, the, I'll, you know, I'll say older, like, that'd be a great conversation. Just in, in complete honesty and transparency, mm-hmm. it actually was a pretty heavy conversation um, yeah. just because my kids are grappling with a lot of unresolved trauma right now, just from mm-hmm. their, their origin story. And um, they don't have the, the benefit of, of years, right. That I have where I can see things, come in, in season. So they're really, they're grappling with some really hard issues and it, it didn't, it didn't like leave me feeling it's very hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> but I know that they've got, they've got to, to deal with those things on their own and in their own time and, and find healing from those things. And so, um, but it did, it did cause me to like want to propel forward and, and recognizing like, okay, we can't um, recreate the past, right? They're, they're never going to be three and four years old again, you know. But finding where I'm at now in life, my life looks so completely different from what's it, what, what it once did. But um, instead of trying to recreate that nostalgic feeling in the past and, and be like, hey, kids, let's just, you know, pretty much it was like we have no interest in really building and repairing this family. We're just biding our time and we're ready to move on with life and start our own which normal healthy I get that um but then you know as a mom you're like oh that hurts like they're hurting I'm hurting Mm -hmm. and there's no interest in like building that repairing bridge 
but also recognizing like that's not the only source of goodness in my life. That's not the only source of joy in my life. And saying like, okay, like give them the time and space they need to heal and moving forward in, in positive ways and, and not being stuck in the like despair of, gosh, it was so good for that season. And now it's really not, we're not in a great place and not ruminating over that, but really trying hard to look forward with positivity and hope of like, what is good in my life, even if that doesn't look the same as what it once did. Let's, let's talk about that as a process, because reliving the past and memories can be painful. It could be uh, a difficult journey. It isn't something that you go from, you know, some of these past memories that were were negative and just into a more positive place. Sometimes it's a process, but it is a healing thing. Mm-hmm. So I think we want people to hear that nostalgia is not something that, you know, we just experience, we go from something painful immediately into something joyful. Um, it could have both of those, right. but maybe for some of us, it's a, it's a longer process. Um, and there are days and weeks and months where the journey there is a little more difficult. But let's talk about this positive and negative thing. First, let's start with the, how it motivates us. Nostalgia, it motivates people to focus on cultivating meaningful relationships. When we're having these kinds of conversations, when we're looking back, they they stir up a desire to go, man, yeah, I, you know, where I might have something in my past that I didn't have, but what is right in front of me, right around me now that maybe it can be more meaningful now that I see this or have experienced this. Um, it helps us uh, pursue important life goals. Nostalgia increases positive mood, self-esteem, feelings of social connectedness, more optimism about the future, and even uh, perceptions of a deeper meaning um, in our lives. So it has that, right? But nostalgia, as we talked about a little bit earlier, also can quickly become regret if we're not careful. It can uh, erode a sense of meaning in the present because we're staying too too much in the past and not seeing how that translates in the present. So Scott, if we're fixated just on better days gone by, that's not the most helpful way to, to think about nostalgia, right? No, and it's, what you read there earlier, that one paragraph on, on page 156 is just so powerful, I think. When we spend time thinking about and journaling about nostalgic events, it helps us lay down richer memories that can change the peak end rule. This is one of the main goals of a paradigm shift, seeing everything with new eyes. The old narrative must not be eliminated, only reconstructed with all of its edited video clips, rearranged in coherent cinema-like continuance. And, a, and nostalgia is one way the brain edits and arranges the images. Think of it as a looking back while looking forward. How do we want our stories to end? That's uh, mm. So if I stay back there, like Anna was saying, and I'm... I'm ruminating and regretting that it's gone, it's past, it's never going to be again. That will pull me backwards. That will pull me down. But a paradigm shift is I remember some of those things from my past that do bring back simultaneously feelings of happiness and sadness. But for nostalgia to have its strength, the happiness has to be greater. And, and then for mm. me, when it does, it propels me forward. Uh, we were just sharing this in our group last night as we finished this one group that, that if we learn anything about this type of work, we must be forward thinking. We, I'm going back to learn to move forward in a better way. I'm not going back there to get stuck in all the, that was not good or what was good and now my present what well, doesn't even come close to that. 
and I just I become depressed. I long for what once once was, and I'm not able to be fully present in today. So, I think the nostalgia actually helps us in so many ways. It gives me a positive memory, and it makes it. I'm sad that it's gone, but the strength of it is is that. It brings a positive memory, and I have the ability to make those memories new now, and I move forward. Um, and that is a paradigm shift. And so that's why all this work we're trying to do in this book is what is it that I really believe? Do I believe it's over, that the past was the best and there's never going to be again? Or do I believe there's still so much more ahead, and I can write that ending by how I'm choosing to to you know, live today, but nostalgia can actually help me, propel me forward if I keep it in the right frame of reference. Let me ask this: If nostalgia could be, I go back into painful memories and get stuck there, and just have regret and ain't li- I'm no longer living fully in the present. Nostalgia can also be, I go back and all I think about are the, you know, the wonderful aspects and I'm not paying attention to the painful things that maybe I can grow from. But is there another aspect of like, could people just be not reflective of their lives at all, you know, and not willing to go back at all and reflect in some way? Like, could you avoid nostalgia, in other words, you know, and be unwilling to go back and be a a more uh, reflective human being that looks back on both the good and the struggle of your past? I think, George, one of the things that Scott says in in this chapter that really resonated and I think speaks to that is this that nostalgia is what helps us discover positive things in our past that the remembering self perhaps is disqualified Mm -hmm. so that if we don't Mm -hmm. engage in like a healthy sense of nostalgia and really being able to recognize that like our nobody's story is all bad and nobody's story is all good right life is a juxtaposition of joy and pain together and if we can look back in a way that doesn't disqualify the joy because of the pain, that's what helps us. Um, and so it is important to be able to engage in it in a healthy manner, to be able to look back and say, okay, yeah, there are a lot of things in my story that maybe are not great, but that doesn't mean that everything wasn't great. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Seth, to reap the benefits of nostalgia and not get trapped in it in regret, what might that mean for you? How might nostalgia be used for the benefit and the good. Yeah, um, we've used this word, I think all all of us have used the word rumination. And I think rumination is a sign of stuckness with an emotion, with, an, with a memory. I heard it said recently, anytime there is rumination of thought, that means something needs felt. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. It is what's perpetuating, that emotion is what's perpetuating the thought then because something needs processed about the thing you're consistently, uh, obsessively thinking about. So, so could that be, could your resistance to that being felt, is that maybe you're, you're not willing to sit with it? Uh, is it, or, or to talk it out with? I think so. With yeah. It might, I don't think that's always like a conscious thing I'm doing per se, yeah. but yeah, I, I think, I think it's just a, for one, a good thing to keep in mind whenever there's a rumination of thought, it means something needs felt. I think that's a sign for those that are consi- people that are consistently returning to something from the past that they're becoming nostalgic about because that rumination can then lead to turning something positive into something negative today. What, what, what do you think hinders us from feeling? 
or what maybe, might hinder us. Maybe embracing the reality of mm-hmm. of what's happened in the past. Maybe embracing um, another part about something from the past that we're just focusing on like a positive, so that we don't, so that we overlook what else was also there that was yeah. negative about the experience. I think there's any there's a many number of things that could speak to. Right. I think just in general, like processing our feelings has not been mm-hmm. at the forefront of priorities within our culture, right? Like feelings mm-hmm. seem to be like a side issue and instead of actually what is an indicator of what's happening inside of us. And so they tend to be pushed aside. And, and to the work that you guys do is that uh, it's much more difficult to do by yourself. Mm-hmm. There is a moment to do that in in privacy, but that's the start. But uh, yeah, to have other people to even help you feel by them feeling you, you know, <laughs> um, that's what you guys do in groups all the time. But Scott, nostalgia, it's looking back to move forward. Uh, one final word here uh, for our listeners, just how we move toward nostalgia in the most meaningful and helpful ways. So many of us were afraid to look back. We're, so we're fearful of the memories, and so in essence, that it's controlling us. But we can go back if we're to me again in a healing community, and I'm in a process with God, and we can use our past to move us forward. And there is so much hope that we have the opportunity to rewrite or to write the ending to our lives with God. And um, and there's things in our past that will help us move forward. It's not, we're not to be afraid of that, not to be fearful of that. I think I would be fearful of it if I was alone, but I'm not. Mm. I have fellow travelers and I have God, and uh, and I can make that journey. That's really, to me, the definition of freedom. Wow. All, all of you listening, if, um, if any of you are, are trying to do this alone, um, we would love for you to, to reach out and connect with us. And perhaps it's a a small group experience that you can join and find some companions along the journey. Um, uh, perhaps we could help you get connected to a counselor or a therapist in your area, but no one, no one has to go this journey alone. And so um, if you are alone in this, please reach out to us at restoresmallgroups.org and uh, you can contact us by email. You can call by phone but uh, Seth and Anna, we have um, some groups that are going to be coming up in the new year. So you guys want to tell us about those? Uh, listeners can, it's never too early. The holidays are upon us and Thanksgiving and Christmas and then a new year. And then we all open up to making some changes for a better year then. But uh, tell us about what's coming up that maybe we could get on our calendars for the new year. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, George. We uh, we went ahead and yesterday, well, depending on when this is, but yesterday we've got all our new groups up for the coming, uh, coming year for, uh, starting in January, we'll have, I think eight new groups launching. We'll have four journey to freedoms, three journey of transformations and one journey to new beginnings, which specifically deals with grief. So it's never too early to go ahead and get registered and have something to look forward to in the coming year as you're making changes and uh, trying to propel your own story forward in a positive way, we would love to come alongside you and help. So go to our website and you can go ahead and register today. Well, there you go. We're all uh, a different path, but on the same human journey. So uh, just know that, know you're, uh, you're being thought of as we're recording these podcasts and we're living these things so that we can bring other people along with us just in 
more health and more joy and more well-being. But over every mountain, friends, there is a path and the future rewards those who discover it and press on. So stay on the path and take care. Hey, it's Seth. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Searching Inward podcast. If you've enjoyed listening or have benefited in any way from the podcast, we would love for you to come alongside and join us in the mission to bring hope and healing to the world. By considering becoming a monthly giver of even $5, you're making a huge impact in the ways that we are able to serve. So please consider giving by going to restoresmallgroups.org slash donate. Thanks. You know, last night in our um, Journey of Freedom group, um, <laughs> and I just noticed myself skipping the the word in between journey and freedom because it, it just journey of freedom. Um, uh, it just is. <laughs> it just is so. Um, uh, I don't know what I'm saying, but it, it's it's a uh, it's a you're it's skipping two. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I don't no, know why. Just- Um, anyway, it was a little, it was humorous, I guess, just to me, but, uh, um, no. So last night we were talking about, um, um, wow, Creek, you're gonna have to edit this out because now I'm blanking and just distracting (laughs) myself. Shoot. Uh, Uh Oh, we got a blooper from Seth now. (laughs) (laughs) If we're keeping scores. What is week six? What is week six? Yeah. I have no idea. We're, we're, we're on day 21. I know, I know. So. We're in a completely different book, pal. <laughs> oh, week six of Journey to Freedom. Yes, Journey to Freedom. We have to all go Dang get it. out our Journey to Freedom books. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs>